Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, this is it. The epic conclusion to the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, the fire... The fire will be rising in this episode. Uh, it's Dark Knight Rises time. So, I mentioned on the last episode, I made a very bizarre, but I think apt metaphor, if I do say so myself, um... Where I compared The Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight to two different waiters in a restaurant. And one of them has this crazy elaborate tray with all this crap on it, and they somehow balance it all, get it to the right table, and they drip like a few like drops of water fall out, okay? So it's like an easy cleanup. It's just like, you, can, you know, you kind of wipe it down. It's, it's like a quick thing. And then on the other side of the restaurant is another waiter. He's a new guy. He's not very experienced at it. He's got a very similar tray. It's got a ton of stuff. It's like overloaded. Like how how did who ordered this much stuff? And so he he trips on a leg of a chair, and then he should have seen coming, and he drops the entire tray. And like he manages to catch like three four tater tots or something. Like you know. Um, I think that's maybe the most accurate metaphor I've ever made, especially off the top of my head. I think that was pretty perfect. Because while I enjoy this movie, um, I think there's a reason why I always check out around the end. Because around like the what four hour mark or something. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that long. It does feel that way sometimes. But um, I think around probably the two hour mark is probably more accurate. I start to check out. I maybe you know check my phone or I'm like I'm still watching it, but not really. Like that's almost always how this movie winds down for me. Um, I've fallen asleep a couple times, like, I don't know, it's, I think I've only actually, like, completely made my whole way through it, like, attention fully to it, I think, once, and that's kind of sad, I I should only, I should keep my head to my phone for the first two hours sometimes, and then try to watch the rest, and see if I can make it through without it, um, because I just think that this movie provides a very compelling case for um like what a one of a kind movie the dark knight is and how it really did capture lightning in a bottle and like while there's a ton of good aspects about this movie there are a lot of stuff i do like there's it's just it kind of topples over the weight of its own ambitions like it really just it it just has too much going on and it just can't service everything and it doesn't quite pull everything off and i think that's why this is easily my least favorite of the trilogy. I think overall rankings, it would probably go in release order, if I'm being totally honest. Um, like, I really enjoy it, but I don't tend to watch it very often, and I definitely don't feel as good about it coming out of it as I do with, like, Batman Begins or The Dark Knight. It's just not quite the same for me, so... um I'll definitely get into why here in a second, but I think that was some important table setting to, to just get done right off the bat, pun intended this time. So, the starting point of this movie confuses me. And not all the main stuff, I think that's all really cool. Um, I, I The stunts and like the practical effects of it all, is that's all really cool too. That's one of the things I appreciate the most about all these movies is how like practical a filmmaker Nolan is. I really admire that about him that he doesn't completely rely on cg he does a lot of stuff like for real in camera and i think that that does a lot it goes a long way to making this world more believing believable and making this stuff look a lot cooler than if it was just you know pixels on a computer 
Uh, I used to watch the bonus features, like the behind-the-scenes featurettes for this endlessly, especially this one, uh, on how they did this whole stunt, and then uh, the journey of Bruce Wayne, which is like a kind of summary behind-the-scenes of how they like wrote this whole trilogy. I don't remember that one as well. But um, the model work combined with the actual like skydiving team that they used to help perform this and all the testing that they did to like find which plane would would fall the best and create what the the effect they were desiring that's all really cool um that's kind of my way to to watch the this movie like without actually watching it when it was coming out because i wasn't allowed at that point um obviously i wasn't allowed to watch the the dark knight or batman begins when they came out because I was one and five, respectively, uh, when they were in theaters. But uh, this one, I was really, really, really hot to see. Like, I wanted to see it so bad. And um, and it just wasn't in the cards. Uh, neither was The Dark Knight for the longest time until, you know, I finally, finally wore my parents down. I was allowed to watch Batman Begins much earlier, because I guess something about that one uh, seemed, like, more tolerable. Um, I will say that, uh, that the... That the degree to which it was, it was told to me that I would never be the same person after I watched them. They were so horribly disturbing. It was just, just the the most crazy thing you ever did see. It did conjure up nightmares that were a thousand times worse than what the movies ended up being. But um, I mean that's neither here nor there. Uh, and I probably shouldn't have said that because my mom listens to this. But regardless, um, that was all really cool and. While I was mad at the time that I didn't get to to see it, I do understand to a certain point that this is maybe not something you'd want to show uh, like an actual child. Um, I don't think it was quite as bad as it was made out to be, but I do appreciate that that gave me a desire to like find another more creative way to watch this, like to still participate in the hype and the enjoyment, but not actually be able to see the movie. Because uh, checking out these special features entertained me for hours. Like, there was an app I remember very distinctly. And um, and it was basically just an app where you could you could see, like, all these videos and, and all these photos and, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. It was really, really cool. And, uh, and, man, did I love that. And I was so disappointed when they took it off the App Store. But I used to watch those things all the time. They were really, really cool to me. And so that's one of the things I appreciate a lot is that all this stuff was done in camera. But I don't think that this is the right starting point from this movie at all. I don't think that the end of of the last movie, the last shot of that, does not support that the next that the next scene is him arriving in the Batcave, or I guess the that would have been the Bat Bunker in, at that point, um, and then being like, "Okay, Alfred, I'm done," and hanging up his cowl. It, that that does not track for me at all. And then there's other things about it that just don't make sense. Like, I understand why he finished rebuilding the house. Why in the hell did, did, why did you, why did you finish construction on the Batcave? You knew you were never going to use it. And then, you know, he goes down there and Alfred's like, I haven't been down here in a while. Yeah, because according to this movie, you went right home and hung up your cape forever and no one's seen you since. So why were you ever down there? Was it to like move all the old bat tools into, into a new location? Like you were moving apartments? Like what? what in the actual hell what is that like that doesn't make any sense to me and then i think this was pointed out to me on another podcast i was listening to about this as i was kind of formulating my thoughts after i rewatched it but um but but the movie like uh the shot of which is one of my favorite shots in the movie 
um, it's so impressive. Like, just the scope and scale of it was something that really got to me this time around. But of him, just ev from every direction, just he's completely immersed in, in this awesome, like, um, just crowd of, like, horde of police lights. Just the, like, the sweeping, like, nature of that shot and just how insane it looks. Just how many cops there are. It's, like, it's because it's every cop in the city. Like, if they're on duty, they're after him. And that shot, that's your movie. That's where you start this movie. That's the first scene of this movie. Is That's what it should have been. Was him racing through the streets, trying to evade capture, eventually making it out. This movie would have done, would have benefited a ton from, um, from him being on the run, being a fugitive, no one trusting him, because it's an obstacle for, like, two seconds, and it's really only because of that one guy, uh, whose character, or actor, I don't, can't remember, I don't really care, um, he's, like, he's another one of, of the cops, he's got, like, blonde hair, um, but... I can't find him, but, uh, Matthew, Mo Ma yeah, it's Matthew Modine, he is terrible in this, and it's not, I guess, 100% his fault, he is given a lot of really terrible lines, but, like, his delivery isn't really helping at all, he's, um, <gasps> I remembered, I remember what the extra was, on The Dark Knight, if you listen to it, I was talking about how crazy insane the extras are in these movies, and, um, I was talking about the no more dead cops guy, and the, and the, okay, that's not good guy, the one in this one that made my jaw drop was um was the, <laughs> the part where um where Batman's going through and the and the guy the older cop was like, "Oh, you're in for a show, youngster," or whatever he says. And then I was like, "Okay." And then the part <laughs> where he goes, where Matthew Mohine goes, "Well, first of all, his delivery is nothing to write home about either." Um. Unless it's like a Mad Magazine style letter, but like, he goes, um, he goes, I'm gonna do what Jim Gordon never did, and then later he goes, he like kind of, kind of like looks around, he's like, like a rat in a trap, gentlemen, and then I was like, what? And then the extra comes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, I think you might have the wrong animal, sir. <laughs> Oh my god, that was the best comedy I've watched in um in a long time. That is hilarious. I don't know why, but just the delivery of those lines made me laugh so hard. Like, oh, that's insane. I just don't... Like, how many people did you go through? Like, how many people would have been lined up to, to be an extra in a freaking Batman movie? And you chose that guy. But, um... But, I mean, regardless, that's not a big deal, but... But but either way, uh, Matthew Modine is terrible in this movie. Um, ben Mendelsohn is terrible in this movie. That other guy is terrible in this movie. Like his his sort of um, like his his like second in command, like that kind of slimy, sniveling guy with a weird face. Um, Burn Gorman is his real name. Uh, his character's name is so inconsequential I didn't even note it down it's Striver I guess but um all of that all of that mm -mm. I get it out of this movie honestly like a lot of it is just very poorly written it's underdeveloped and the lines the dialogue that's coming out of these people's mouths 
the, the blank slate protocol where you type in someone's name, date of birth, and everything erases them from the internet. Oh my god. Like, get out of here. Um, I mean, I guess it's sort of redeemed by where he's like, sound a little too good to be true. But it does not change the fact that the way he said that is one of the most obvious and transparent examples of exposition in, I think, anything ever. Um, and yeah, man, this movie is just... I really praise the dialogue of this one, of um, The Dark Knight and the the, the first movie. This one, mm-mm, no, no such praise. I think most of the lines in this movie are either poorly written or poorly delivered or both. So, yeah, that's a huge step down. And then, um, and then when actually, you know, while we're on dialogue, while we're on, like, delivery, uh, a very famous voice, um, very, very recognizable performance, not quite to the heights of Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, but still, still very unique and very recognizable for, you know, in its own right, um, Tom Hardy as Bane. Uh, I will say certainly better than his Venom, uh, but, uh, but... I don't think it's great. I mentioned how I th I thought it was interesting that we go from a physical challenge to a mental challenge to kind of both. And I think that this movie, it's kind of, it's hard is sort of in the right place with um, it trying to, to do Bane more justice than like Batman and Robin where he's just the muscle. This does uh, have a lot of callbacks to the Nightfall storyline where... Bane released all the inmates from Arkham to kind of tear Batman down so that he was weak enough to, to break his back. So, obviously, not not in that exact order, but both of those aspects are in this movie. And then, um, uh, like, you know, he does have a plan that's almost akin to like, No Man's Land. Like, he does transform Gotham into just a totalitarian, like, hellscape ruled by criminals which is you know that's all it's all very cool i think it's cool that they've been they bring a lot of different stuff in from different sources but i just don't i just don't like bane that much like i think the the voice is, is very weird and it's not threatening i think that's the number one thing the joker is scary like jack nicholson's joker not super scary um but but like Heath Ledger's Joker is legitimately an intimidating presence in that movie, and um, and the same with Harvey Dent when he becomes Two Face. So, to go from that to this, it's just it's just silly. I think when it in the moments where it's like lower, it's more gravelly, it's more understated. That is the stuff where I'm like, yeah, that's where they should have. That's what they should have gone with this. But when it's stuff where he's like, and I give it back to you the people i was like oh my god this is terrible like if it was something more like i give it back to you the people like like how he does sometimes where he's just very low and just gravelly that stuff is the stuff that i really really like but uh when it's more understated but but for the most part i'm not a big fan of it uh i think it's he's certainly a very interesting character uh, but there is just so much that I just don't think is, is, like, is fully realized in this. Um, for one thing, the timeline doesn't make any sense. For, for another thing, um, be, well, I guess I should double back on that. Because he basically seems to be the same age in the prison, in the pit, when he's, like, Talia's protector, as he is when he invades Gotham. Maybe, like, two or three more years, but, like, that's obviously not what the movie is saying. 
like basically if if the timeline is is the way the movie is kind of portraying it, it seems like he'd be around 60 by now, like 50 or 60, somewhere in there. I mean, you can sort of fudge the numbers, but I don't know. It that requires a lot of suspension of disbelief. But um but but beyond that, just like uh like the stuff that he's doing, his plan is almost more nonsensical than the Dark Knight because while the Dark Knight you have to take that major leap that like somehow the Joker's gonna be able to predict Batman's every move, fine. It's ludicrous, but fine. I'll go with it to a certain extent. There are certain points where I'm like, there's just no way. There's just no way. But there are certain points where I'm like, that's legitimately clever, and I understand why that would work. This, it's not even his intention. His key piece of evidence is not something he's seeking. He's not trying to find Gordon's speech. It's not like this is a big point where he, he wants to, to use this as a catalyst to destroy the city. He happens upon it. He just finds it. And um, and then he also inexplicably... In, inexplicably is what I said the first try. Uh, he somehow convinces the entire city that, you know what, just trust me, this is definitely, this is definitely his, um, yeah, you can't see that this isn't even just a blank piece of paper that, like, I just scribbled a few things on right before I got up here, like, there is no way of proving that this is legitimately something that Gordon, um, that Gordon wrote, and something that's true, like, you can't, you can't verify that that's not just made up, it's ludicrous to me that that's the biggest thing that like really galvanizes the city into into going crazy into like losing its mind it's something that doesn't even make sense how he would how he would be able to convince them all that it's real it just doesn't make sense like if he dragged gordon out and made him confess like at gunpoint or something like that that's something that maybe i'd be like it's kind of weird but it's better than it's better than what we have here um so yeah that's crazy and then the rest of his plan is crazy too with this stupid bomb like it doesn't it, it's 5 months like that's not a ticking clock that's like if it were if it were more immediate or if there was some element to it that was revealed in the third act like it is revealed in the movie i well it sort of is but like it's not I mean, I don't know. I'm saying I think I would argue for something like there there is no detonator. The detonators are a red herring. The detonators will accelerate the process, but they will not stop it. It's going off regardless. Um I you sort of get that where it's like, you know, you're just buying time or whatever, but um but I think that that would be a better reveal is like, "Oh, no, you thought you could stop this. No, you can't. There's nothing you can do." But then again, I think that would also work better if it was a more immediate stakes, if it wasn't like, yeah, you got five months to figure this out. Like, that's just, that's just a stupid and really weird plan. Like, I just, it just doesn't work for me. And, uh, sending every cop into the sewers, also, that's insane. There's no way they would ever do that. Like, uh, it's just, it's just really shaky. And I think that, above all else, this movie is sloppy. I think that's the biggest thing that you notice once you're going through them all in a like rapid succession is how sloppy this one feels compared to like the expertly plotted out well you know there's things here and there in the first two but certainly less than this and then i think i think also that um 
that like it just it just doesn't make sense a lot of motivations I think that's the one of the biggest things is with Bane's motivations and his plan um Catwoman very similarly like we don't know anything about her we don't know why she wants to slate we don't know anything about her past or what would lead her to go on this crazy quest um and like she has a great you know she gives a great performance she's a good like a companion to Batman I like a lot of the scenes that she's in but I'm just so completely uninvested in everything that's happening with her because it seems so disconnected from the story and then I mean if you want to talk about motivations like not just the fact that why is she going for this thing what did she do in her past but also the whole thing that was like a big deal in the trailer or whatever where you know she says it's a storm coming and you know the whole thing about like suddenly like you're looking forward to it she never enjoys it it's never a thing of like she's taking advantage of being able to tear down the rich and be a being free to rob and pillage and restore what she sees as justice to a city that's been dealing her a really shit hand that's never part of this movie and it seems like it sort of starts to with like even the rich don't go broke like the rest of us or like um the way she's always stealing from rich people and the and there's kind of like a class clash if you will and then that's even you know that's something that bane touches on about like tear them down from their castles or whatever i don't know it's not that exact and then you like cut to that five-star looking hotel and they're like throwing all the clothes down and they're dragging people out from under the the tables and stuff like it seems like part of this is is class warfare but then that's never really fully explored and Catwoman is at least this interpretation is a good character to do something like that juxtaposing someone who's had to build themselves up and transform themselves like on the streets of Gotham into the type of like you know kind of anti-hero that they wanted to be versus just some rich guy who he can just do it like and and nothing's really an obstacle for him when it comes to money or, or power because he has it and he never hasn't had it and like the way they could could go up against each other in in interesting ways that's ripe for for like thematic um th stuff and I, I just i don't think that this is the right movie for it because it just doesn't seem like it wants to fully develop those ideas and um and it doesn't also seem like Catwoman really needs to be in this movie because she could disappear from it and basically nothing would change. Because I think what I was saying earlier is probably one of the most interesting things you could do with it is like the whole I'm adaptable, like I'm looking forward to it, that sentiment. If there were a scene, if there was any, anything of her enjoying it, like she said she would, um, that would have been really interesting. But unfortunately, they they just don't do it and maybe they don't have the time to because this movie has a lot going on and uh i just don't know if it it can take that detour but um but yeah i i don't know it's just uh, and, uh, and then oh let's see here what else do we have uh yeah, i talked about bane bane's motivations i talked about catwoman uh i think then it's it's kind of on to Batman. Um, I like that the truth finally comes out. That the that the truth can have its day. That's an interesting thing too. That that thing that um, Alfred says. But that seems like it could have been a theme for this movie too. But it it never really is. Like if okay, revealing the truth about everything that happened. It you know that makes sense. 
um, like, like if that's part of the themes they're trying to explore here, then revealing the truth about everything with Harvey Dent and how he actually was a murderer, that is an interesting idea if you want to if you want to start exploring that. However, there's never really any repercussions for Gordon or for Dent, uh, or I mean, or for Bruce about the Dent Act, and we also don't know what the Dent Act is. Like, what is it? What did it do? Is it unconstitutional in some way? Is there some reason that it's such a big deal? Like, like I guess it was just something that made it easier for them to arrest and, and incarcerate all these people, but I don't understand what act that would be. Like, what, what legal thing would make it easier to arrest a bunch of people that deserved it? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so if that was better, better explained, I think that would be, that would go a long way and making this all a little more coherent, and then, um, and then, yeah, I really wish there were consequences to it, like, something that came back and, and, and bit them in the ass, like, yeah, all these criminals are mad that they've been locked up, but, like, freaking obviously, all criminals are mad at, that they're locked up, whether it's fictional or not, or whether it was because of some weird posthumous act or not, like, it just doesn't, it's not fully explored the way I think it could have been, and then, um, that kind of leads into to everything that's going on with Gordon, and that's sort of tied into into the stuff that's going on with with uh, what's his face, um, Robin, but but not John Blake. Um, that stuff is is pretty cool too, to a certain degree. I like I like the like the cop stuff that's kind of part of it, but but then like Gordon doesn't really have anything very interesting going on. He's you know he's there, but he's not doing anything as, like, thematically relevant or emotional as he is in The Dark Knight, that's for sure. So, I don't know. He's not as well served in this movie as he is in either of the other two. And then, neither is John Blake, because, like, I I like the fact that, it's, especially if you're trying to tie it more into this class warfare thing, that, um, that one of Bruce Wayne's big things would be trying to support the, the underprivileged and the orphaned, the, like, who don't have access to what he did when he was a kid. Like, if that was another part of his way to save the city, that that's really interesting. And, you know, once they withdraw support, like, because he's not really making any money, that also would, would be something that you could explore. But then, I think what that leads to with him being like, I figured out that you're Batman because you smiled once is the stupidest thing in, I think, any of these movies. Like, maybe, I mean, it might not be the stupidest, but it's definitely up there. Because you just saw, like, his face, and you were like, Batman, no doubt about it. That, I'm sorry, that doesn't make sense. That's so lazy. Like, he's a detective. Like, he's a, a police officer. If he was something more like Tim Drake, who uses actual, like, you know, evidence clues and deductive reasoning to figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman and Dick Grayson is Robin, like, if it was something more like that, that would make sense, rather than just like, hey, game recognizes game, so, like, that, that's, I'm sorry, no, that's just too simple, and, um, like, if it was more, if you, if you wanted to keep the structure that you're presented with, with, like, he goes into hiding right after all this stuff happens, or the simple fact of, like, if you want to bring it back to the first, first movie, bring this all full circle, he could touch on the fact that, like, hey, isn't it a little bit suspicious that right when Bruce Wayne comes back from, quote-unquote, the dead, if you remember the first movie, 
Batman shows up, and isn't it a little bit weird that the same time that Batman stops showing up is the same time that Bruce Wayne becomes a recluse? Like, that, there's something going on there, and I think it's more than coincidence. And then if he, um, if he was able to figure out, like, okay, Coleman Reese is connected to, to Bruce Wayne, like, if I look through his employer history or whatever, because I'm a police officer, I can have access to those kind of records... I see that he worked for Wayne Industries, and if he came across the same thing that Coleman Reese did, that they were trying to cover up, and, like, got a warrant, and, and ended up in implied sciences, and being like, holy shit, I think Bruce Wayne is Batman, that would make sense. I would respect that more, and understand more why Bruce Wayne would feel so comfortable leaving, you know, the, the idea of being Batman to him. And then, speaking of Batman, oh, man, um... Obviously, there's there's obvious things with, like, how did he get back into the city? Yeah, that's crazy. That doesn't even make sense. Like, if there was a shot of him, like, knocking out a guard or, like, pretending to be a guard, I don't know. If there was any explanation, I'd maybe go for it. I understand, like, he's Batman. He just did it. But at the same time, that really undermines how difficult they're trying to present to us that it is to get in and out of the city if Batman can just come and glow come and glow no come and go as he pleases um that's really ridiculous and then i don't i, I just don't think that he um i just don't think that they do everything that they could with this metaphor for him building himself back up because it's not mental it's physical like i mean it's sort of mental that like you have to do it without the rope but like not really doing it without the rope that doesn't that's not a metaphor that doesn't tie into any of the struggles that he's going through like him being tethered to something is not a reason that he's losing like i mean maybe maybe you can make the argument that it's rachel but they barely mention rachel in this movie so i don't really think that that's what they're trying to tap into like that this is helping him shed his pain and and move on to the next phase of his life i think it should have been more of a of a mental journey I think it should have been that he never stopped being Batman, but he was throwing himself into this crusade and just trying and trying so hard to put away all these people and to avenge Harvey and to, like, and he's on the run and, like, everyone's dogging him. And, um, and I think that would have been, that would have been a better way to start this movie because not only does it give us more action and it makes a lot more sense from where we last left the plot but i think it's really good because then that would make more sense of why he was destroying his body and like he's getting older and and you understand that um that like he's he can't do this much longer he's really he's really going at this and he's just doing it too hard he's He's destroying himself, but he's using Batman as a coping mechanism to try to hide from the pain of everything that happened with Dent, with Rachel, with Gordon, and the severance of that relationship just by necessity. And he's this is his way of processing everything because of the whole thing with Rachel saying, like, I don't think the day will come where you no longer need Batman. And then you could explore more how he's really hiding behind Batman He's using it to hide from his pain. Like, this is the ultimate uh, exertion of, of, like, a teenage fantasy that he has a cool car and all these gadgets and he gets to beat up bad guys and be, like, a master ninja kind of dude. And, um, 
he just happens to have the money and the resources to fully follow through on that and so you could explore more like the lack of emotional maturity and the amount of distance he's trying to put from himself and confronting the actual things that he's feeling and the things he needs to to finally resolve to to be free of of this and this pain and then giving you know taking him all the way down to the bottom making him pull himself back out literally man is that just oh that's amazing it writes itself that just doesn't make sense to me why it's just it's just the back being broken it's just healing from that despite having no medical anything except for a rope and a punch and then he just does it like I'm sorry it just doesn't track for me and I think it would be a lot better if it explored more of the things I was just talking about but I do realize to a certain point I'm writing a bit of a different movie but I think it was just such a missed opportunity that it would be crime not to mention it and I think that's honestly one of the biggest things that I want to say about this movie is besides just being sloppy it's a monument to to wasted potential like it could have been so amazing and I just don't think it is and I think that's really unfortunate but that's how I feel um Mm. yeah I think that's it I think that's I think that's what I have um I went through all my notes I talked about everything the ending is dumb you obviously know the second that Alfred says the whole thing about going to order that place in that place I don't remember where it is and what the order is I don't care um you know from the second he says that that's going to be the ending and like a lot of other people i do think it would be a lot stronger if you never see bruce and it's up to you to decide whether or not he's actually there um i will say i really really ragged on this movie for a long time i think it would be good to say what i enjoy about it i love the score uh i love catwoman's theme i love catwoman um i was gonna say halle berry for some reason uh no uh, Anne Hathaway, which is a completely different name, I don't know how I confuse those two, but um, is a really great actress, and she turns in a really good performance. I really like her Catwoman. Um, all that's really good. While I don't necessarily love the voice or the motivations or really that anything about Bane, um, I do think it's a good performance physically. I think he does a really good job, and I do think that emoting through that mask is a really difficult task, but I think he pulls it off pretty well. Um, Talia al Ghul is definitely underserved, and I don't think her performance is very good, particularly her death scene, which is one of the worst uh, death scenes I think ever committed to film. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a little unfortunate, but I do think she has good chemistry, uh, at very least, with, with Bruce and, and with other other characters in this movie. Um... I like the cinematography. I do think that a lot of these shots are really epic in scale, and they do make Pittsburgh look pretty good, if I, if I do say so myself. Uh, Pittsburgh's awesome. Best city in Pennsylvania, hands down. Um, I think it's it's interesting how they kind of use, like, different shots of New York and stuff for establishing shots to kind of make the city feel bigger. Um, it's kind of disconcerting that we go from, like, clearly New York to then clearly Pittsburgh, but... Um, but I do think it's cool that a movie of this size was shot so close to my home, and it's a city that I really love, so that's also really cool. Um, speaking of performances, I think it, one of my favorite parts of the movie is the part where um, where Catwoman's in the bar, and she's like, everything, where she, she goes from like a cunning criminal mastermind, and how she's playing that guy, 
and like the reveal of that and then how she tries to make herself look like a victim all of that is really good how she just switches so effortlessly and so quickly i really really like that um let's see what else what else what else uh the culmination of gordon and bruce's relationship that i really enjoy uh, i like how at the end you know it's like the something as simple as a as a um uh, a young man or like a cop putting a, a jacket on a young man's shoulder something like that I like that moment um I like the part where he's like not everything not yet you know you don't owe these people anymore that whole thing I like that exchange that's really good um actually speaking of just Catwoman and Batman their chemistry is really good that's one of the best parts of this movie for sure so yeah i don't love this movie and i really 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 wish it could have stuck the landing better but i think the effects are really good the score is amazing the action's pretty good um the this the performances some of them are are good uh actually joseph gordon love it well i don't love his character he is really good in this movie and um and so i like all that but but yeah i on the whole not a big fan of this movie it's there's definitely a reason why i watch it the least and why i certainly enjoy it the least i really want to love it and i wish i could but there's just so many things about it that are so sloppy and just so um they just could be so much better and you can see how easy it would be to make them so much better and uh and for that i think that's why this movie sits so low in my ranking but uh but yeah i am glad i got to talk about it because i definitely think there is a lot to talk about um sorry it ran long again but still i do feel like it was worth it because um because it's important to me it's a it's a pretty big trilogy in my my movie watching history so it was good to to get all my thoughts out about it and to fully articulate them for the record so thank you for listening uh real quick though i am grateful for uh full cupboards i think is my grateful i am so fortunate to be able to have um, have food still and have uh, everything I need still at my at my home and that my family is safe and healthy I'm very fortunate for for that and for that I am and very very grateful uh, I know this is a very stressful and much more dire time for a lot of other people so I, I appreciate that I have access to everything that I have access to and so that's what I'm grateful for <sighs> my voice is gonna die um if you enjoy this show and you want to want to let people know i would love a five-star review and uh and if you could subscribe so you never miss an episode that'd be really cool just helps out a lot so that you know they get listened to and they get noticed with the reviews and everything it helps them get traction so it's greatly appreciated if you want to follow the show on instagram you can do that at movies and more pod that's where i post updates on what the episode's topics are and then when they come out so that's where you can get all that and then if you want to follow me personally on instagram that's at gbandrioli1 if you want to email the show with any comments questions concerns or suggestions you can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com so thank you for all that if you've done that and uh thank you in advance if you're going to i appreciate you listening i hope you're staying safe and staying healthy and um and yeah while my voice may be dying and I may be uh, getting a little hungry and definitely needing to actually go outside for like the first time today. Um, you may be wondering if I owe these people any more. Uh, you might be thinking that I gave them everything, and to that I say, not everything. 
Not yet. Uh, Alright, uh, peace. Thank you. You know, part of this movie that actually made me laugh out loud. Um, I've actually never been a person who's, like, really that critical of Batman's voice in these movies. Like, sometimes it gets a little ridiculous, but, like, for the most part, I don't mind it. Definitely not as much as other people. However, when he's, like, you know, he's kicking Bane and he's, like, he's going ham on him. And the part where, um, where, where you know, the where's the trigger is where most people really mock it. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird. And then he goes, who would ever go to an English civilian? I was like, oh my god. Uh, that actually made me laugh out loud. It's like, what? who put Batman in a fish tank? Why does he sound like that? Who would ever go to an English civilian? Like, okay, it wasn't exactly like that. But it was, It was. oh man, that moment is insane. That's so crazy. You gotta pull that up and watch it. It's, it's nuts.